hold your Bible up real high. And say, like you mean it, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can be who it says I can be. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the indestructible, incorruptible Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. My ears are ready. I won't go to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I have the, the luxury of, of talking to you all tonight because, or today because Pastor was not feeling well earlier in the week and yesterday, midday, he was, you know, he kind of told me, got a little bit more notice this time than last time, remember? Yeah. Went from a couple seconds to a, almost a full day. Woo! Really increasing up in this church. You know, so you may be seated. And so, um, you know, I had some conversations this week and they kind of inspired, kind of inspired the message. So as you see, Pastor was talking about Super Bowl is over. But as you can tell, um, I'm not over Super Bowl. So if you see, you know which team I'm supporting, right? Now, and all the Eagles say, boom. The Eagles don't like the Cowboys. But I support the Cowboys. And um, they did not make it to the Super Bowl. Huh? All right, they didn't make it. Okay, they didn't make it out of Texas, but okay. But, can I say? <laughs> but anyway, I, I want to talk to you about, the, the, um, about things. So I came out in my jersey for you today, and by nature of me wearing this jersey, you assume that I support the Cowboys. Correct? You assume that in some degree I paid some kind of money for this jersey. Right? That I am invested in it somehow. And so you would know that I'm rooting for... America's team. This is always surprising to me that it's America's team, but you know, Texas believes they're, they're America, right? You know that, right? There is a country of Texas and then there's America. And so, and so I want to talk to you tonight about today about devotion, about devotion, because I realize that football is a lot like life. I don't understand half of football. I kind of depend upon Eben and a pastor in uh, heaven to explain to me. But I know when to shout and go yay, and I know when my team scores. So I want to talk to you about different levels of commitment because we're talking about devotion, devotion. We're ending the fast. We're coming to the end of it. But sometimes we believe because we're coming to the end of it, it's the end of our commitment. That, oh, I'm finished the fast. So right now then, all the sacrifice and all the things that I've been doing, I'm going to stop now and go back to normal. Well, if we go back to normal, we're going to go back into the results we had from last year and the results we've had the year before and the results the year before because we wouldn't have done anything different. And so what God has challenged us is to, to have a better life of devotion. So I found that there are different levels of commitment that we have towards whatever and whomever we hold dear. On level one, I'm a fan. This is where I am. I'm, I'm a fan. Okay. What does that mean? I may or may not go to the games because I like the comfort of my house better especially when it's cold. I don't want to deal with the traffic and all that kind of thing. But I'll watch the game from afar. I even put on a jersey. I wear it in Walmart. So everybody know, hey, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Don't know nothing much more about that. Even, even look for the jersey on sale. But I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Don't have to understand what's going on. I'm just going to go with the flow whenever I go. I'm just going to go with the flow. The crowd is walking this section. I'm just going to go there. 
don't have really anything other than my little $60 investment. As a matter of fact, lying, somebody bought this jersey for me. So my investment is <laughs> currently at zero. <laughs> so, uh, but however I can get it cheap, however I can get it at the least level possible, I'll do it. Because, but I'm still, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you, but not going to make no investment. But I'm rooting. I'm rooting. I'm a fan. But you know, then there's another level. You know, what? Get a puffer jacket. And I'm graduating now. I'm graduating. I'm getting a little bit more involved now because, you know, this jacket wasn't $60. And I did have to pay for this one. Our pastor had to pay for it. <laughs> and um, I'm a fickle follower, though. See, I attend more games when I get the tickets for free. Yeah. But I'm, I'll go. <laughs> but I'm going to wait for a free ticket. And I'm talking like this is like in my real life. This is not like fake. Like this is not made up. Like this is for real. What I'm telling you right now is the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. If the ticket is free, I'm going. But I'm not buying the ticket. Okay. All right. But I did buy the puffer jacket to make you think that I bought, I would buy the ticket. <laughs> and I attend more games, but it really depends on the weather and who will actually go with me. Because I'm not going by myself. And uh, I'm willing to put a little bit more effort, even talk about the team to other people. But you're not guaranteed to see me on the Jumbotron. Because I'm just blending in. I look like every other little bit more invested fan. I'm fickle. I'm fickle. My commitment hasn't warranted the attention of anyone. I'm styling. But it is highly possible that under pressure, I will root for the other team. And that has happened to me at the game. That something happened, I go, yes, Steelers, oh, no, no, no. Cowboy, yeah, oh, don't even know what your response is supposed to be because under the right pressure, when you don't think the team is winning, you kind of want to flip. So you think, oh, well, boy, it's been a minute and we're waiting on for a building. Maybe I'll flip. No, you got to stay in the game. You got to stay in the game. I will even yell at the other team. But then there's another level. You know, I'm getting more invested now. Whew. Yeah, I'm going to be participating in a whole other level now. And I figure, no, you know what? This is my team. All right. I live in Texas. I came all the way from Jamaica. I live here now. This is my home. Go Cowboys! I will not divert. This is my state. This is my home. I will die here. I will live here. Okay, I'm, I'm getting, you know, but, but this is kind of where I'm, I'm not friends with the team, you know. I feel like I know them, you know. And, and you know, I, I kind of know some of the players' names because I see it on the back of the jersey. Don't know, really know anybody else. But if it's not on the back of a jersey, then, you know. But this is me now. I kind of feel like I'm a friend now. I can't even talk the lingo, you know, and fake it like, hey, they're running 20, 20 down the yard line, you know, right here. They're first on 10. Oh, John, did you see that? Did you see that? You know, back in the day when they had the dream team with Troy Aikman, you know, and Deion Sanders. Oh, they were really tearing it up. But, you know, right now, you know, you know oh, that's a snap. Oh, two points in the end zone. What? I have no idea what none of that means. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, that's my friends now. You know, it's my friends. But, but, but the thing is that I'm a flawed friend. I'm a flawed friend because, you know, I, I, I act like the quarterback is my best friend and, and I, I know some of the terms and make it look like I'm really invested in here now, you know, and, you know, and, and seeing all these things. But under enough pressure, 
I'll emotionally abandon my post. When I have to make a considerable sacrifice or endure any kind of mocking for my team, I, I, I may back out. I'm an undercover friend when it suits me. So if the team is winning, woo, you! You know, and I'll support it. But then, no, there is another level. You know, God bless America. There is another level, and this is like a real helmet, and it's very heavy. And this example came because we did actually go to a um, football game, a Cowboys game, and my daughter, who owns the helmet, wore the helmet throughout the game. Yeah, okay. This helmet is signed by my favorite guy, Marion Barber. Don't steal it. You can't have it. And this here is the level that freaks people out. It's a radical all or nothing kind of level. It's a I will die for my team level. It's the there's no mistake in my allegiance. You know who I am playing with. You know who I am supporting. You know who I'm called to. This is I am a faithful fanatic. I'm on a fanatical level. I am on the level that will get noticed on the jumbotron because my service, my commitment, my investment is so great. You can't mistake it. You can't ignore it. You can't hide away from it because I'm all up in your face. I am for this team. I am vested in this team. This team is who I support. This team is who I belong to. This is the kind of level that God is calling us to be. My, my behavior and my investment is clear. This is the level that God is calling us to be in the kingdom of God. What team are we playing on? Are we playing on Christ's team? Are we playing on our own team? Are we on our own kingdoms? Are we on the kingdom of God? God is calling us to a higher level of devotion in his kingdom. You know, as it is in football, so it is in our Christian life. We are called to devoted life. What does devoted mean? D means to take away. Vote means to participate by casting a ballot or participation. Meaning that you take away your right to participate by submitting it to somebody else. Devoted means that you are consecrated to God. In the Old Testament, the devoted thing was always done for destruction. What does that mean? He said, anything that devoted belongs to me. When they were walking around and they were taking all these different lands in the, in the book of Joshua and stuff, God had, God had said, hey, you see this city here called Ai? That's mine. Everything in there belongs to me. Don't take anything. And this, this little excited little family decided, no, I'm going to take the devoted thing. What was the devoted thing? The things that were going to be sacrificed unto God. The things that were going to be separated to God. The things that were born to die for God. And he, Achan decided, I'm going to take that devoted thing. And he lost his entire family, not just his family, but his lineage for generations to come. God wiped out the entire lineage of Achan. Because when you are called to be devoted, when you're called to die for Christ, when you're called to die for the cause, there's no other option. You'd live a devoted life. We are fasting, we are praying, we are sacrificing, we are committing. We cannot stop right now. You know, the Bible says, it says here in uh, Philippians 1.21, Paul said, For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Galatians says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But not I, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16, 24, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. 
We are not called to live our own lives. We are called to live a devoted, consecrated life unto the Lord. Martin Luther King says, if a man will not die for something, he's not fit to live for anything. We are called to be believers who are fanatical about our commitment. It is not easy, but just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not possible. And sometimes we want the easy road. We just want the blessing. We just want the, the, the reward. But we don't want the persecution. We don't want the heartache. We don't want the sacrifice. We don't want the input. We don't want the stretching. We don't want the pulling. We don't want the trials of our faith which worketh patience. We just want have to faith to just supernaturally do everything. But we don't want the trial that goes with faith. Faith does not exist without trial. Let's take Peter. He's my favorite because he's just like me. Every now and then he hits his head. Peter started out as a fan. Turn with me Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. So Peter started out as a fan. All right, for 18 through 20, for 18 through 20. So here it is, the Bible says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. See, Peter right here, he didn't even need no, nothing really deep. He was just like, whew, finally a break from something I'm doing. New adventure, yay, let's go on a, a roller coaster ride. Leave those nets and go. He's just excited. He's just excited. And sometimes we're like Peter where we like the excitement, but we don't want to do it alone because we need company. So Andrew has to go with him. Jesus is a welcome novelty. We just like the idea of Jesus. We like the idea of something new. Like the idea of him blessing us. The idea of, 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 of maybe a better life. You know, so Jesus becomes a, a novelty and that, and that becomes, you know, a fan level. But then Peter moves on and he spends some more time with Jesus. Now turn with me to Matthew 14. Turn with me to Matthew 14. And um, we see him grow from a fan to a fickle follower. Verse 29. 14:29, And it says here, no, they were in a storm and, you know, they were on the boat and Jesus started walking. And Peter saw him and we know the story. And the Bible says here in verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter came out of the ship, he walked on water to go towards Jesus. Right? So here it is that he's a fickle follower because when it was time for him to use his faith, Jesus called him on the water. But then circumstances, other commitments, his perception, what other people were doing. They're all in the boat. Nobody else is out here crazy like me. Why, why am I out here again? You know, he starts to see the circumstances. Oh my gosh, it is raining. It is pouring. Then he starts realizing, I don't walk on water. I'm not a fish. People don't walk on water. What am I doing? So his faith becomes fickle. And it begins to sink right in the middle of his blessing. Right in the middle of his promotion. Right in the middle because he was doing everything to get him out to the water. He was using his faith. Jesus said come and his obedience and his faith began to really show his devoted life. And as long as he stayed in 100% devotion, he was doing well. But then he decided to break devotion. 
And as he began to break devotion, he began to sink in the middle of his prophecy, in the middle of his potential, in the middle of his purpose. He began to sink. And sometimes we start and we stop and we don't know why. But the truth is because we begin to see the perceptions of others and we worry about what other people think and what people are doing. Who cares what they're doing? You on the water, keep walking. Galatians says it like this. How can, who has betwixt you? Who has bewitched you that you started a race so well? And that you're now turned to go back to what wasn't good? What are you crazy? But we do it all the time. We do it because we get, we start to trust our senses more than we start trusting our Savior. So he becomes a fickle follower. He begins to sink. The funny thing about that is when we're fickle, it doesn't just become obvious to us. It becomes obvious to others. Everybody in the boat time sink. Everybody saw you fail. Isn't it good though that even if they want to judge you and you fail, Jesus' hand pulls you right back up out of that water. <laughs> and he still has a call on your life. There's nothing that you can do. No height, no depth, no angels, no demons, no things to come, no things below, no things above. The Bible says nothing shall separate you from the love of God. So it doesn't matter if you failed in public. It doesn't matter if other people saw your mistakes. What matters is if you hold the hand of the Savior and he pulls you up and you change your fickleness to being faithful. You don't let nothing stop. You know the Bible, there's a, um, a song that goes, ain't nothing gonna stop my stride. Ain't nobody gonna hold me down. Oh no, oh no, I've got to keep on moving. That's how you gotta be. That's how you gotta do it. Don't hate at my rhythm. I'll teach you in a, after church. <laughs> so now, you know, Peter realizes, okay, there's something inconsistent in me. Something inconsistent in me. I keep making a commitment and then I stop it. I keep starting and I stop. Okay, I got to change this. So he begins to grow. He begins to grow. And he begins to try to prove to himself and everyone else that he's growing. So he goes, cuts off the man's ear. I, I love Jesus. Shoot. I die for him. I'm going to cut his hair, ear off. You try to attack him, I'm going to attack you. He started doing all this kind of stuff. And so everybody now believes Peter. Ooh, he's the one. He's the one. You know, Jesus starts to prophesy to him and say, Peter, upon this rock, I shall build a church. And when you shall be tested, but when you come back, you strengthen your brothers. And he's just like, nah, nah, I, will, I will die for you. I will die for you. Oh, you my heart. You my heartbeat. And Jesus be like, I rebuke you, man. You never know what you're saying right now. You know, at this level we find Peter, go to, um, I'll tell you about it so you don't have to go to it. But Mark 14, the Bible says that in Mark 14 that they began to ask Peter, aren't you, aren't you with Jesus? You, you, you sound like him. Man, I, I saw you with Jesus the other day. He's like, no, I don't know who that man is. I don't even know Jesus. What are you talking about? And the Bible says that he began to curse to prove that he was not with Jesus anymore. And in, in Mark 14, it, it, um, it says that when he remembered the, the prophecy, he remembered the words of Jesus that said, before the cock shall th um, crow three, um, twice or thrice, then you shall deny me. And he said um, he repented. At this level of commitment when he was a flawed friend, he was now in the, you remember G Peter had seen the transfiguration of Jesus. 
He had been exposed to revelation that nobody else had been exposed to. He had been exposed to a, a kind of life, seeing miracles up front. He was the one that Jesus said, hey, go to the Sea of Galilee. And this fish, he's going to come from all the way over the Indian Ocean. Believe me, he, that fish is not native to Galilee. That fish is native to the Indian Ocean. And God had assigned that fish to come at that time to pay the taxes. That fish had to get the command of God from months before to show up when Jesus needed him. When I'm telling you, Peter saw the miraculous. Peter walked by the man at the pool of Bethsaida and, his, and things were happening. You know, and here it is. Under extreme pressure. When he needed to stand up. When his life was now in question. When his life could be asked for a ransom. When he could have been crucified with Christ. When it was if he owned Jesus. He could have died that day. When it was a time to pay up. He said I don't know him. You must be mistaken him. But see at that level. When you begin to get invested. And you, when you begin to commit. And you have lived some form of devoted life. Your life betrays you. Because now you, you can't even curse well. You try to curse. And your lips don't form the same way. You know you, you try to club. And you don't have the rhythm anymore. Something's missing. Here's the thing. Peter realizes. That he's a flawed friend. But he repents and he makes a change and he decides he's going to be faithfully devoted. No more games. No more excuses. He just makes a decision. He moves from a fisherman to a follow, follower. Then a disciple. Then an apostle. Peter becomes a first among the apostles. A devoted life is a promoted life. A devoted life is a promoted life. How? Peter had to change. The thing is with devotion is it requires change. It requires change from how you think. It requires change from how I think. It requires change. We have to die to ourselves and make Christ's way our own. It, it requires change. Here's the thing. Any change that's internal eventually becomes external. Whether it's good or bad change. Change is change. And change is not a change until you actually change. So we got to change. You understand? And so here it is. You know, Peter, here, here was a good thing. I was checking out Peter and he, this is how I know he fully changed. In Acts 10, the Bible talks about he had a meeting with Cornelius. And now you have to kind of understand about Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman soldier. The Romans were persecuting the Jews at that time. So nobody really wants to fraternize with no Romans, nothing, you know. And so here it is, Cornelius is a believer, but he's not circumcised. Because he's Roman. So he follows everything up to the circumcision. And God says to Cornelius, hey, you are so devout and everything that you've been praying and stuff has come up to me. Go find Peter. He's also not a devout or devoted man. And so sometimes the people we think are devoted, or we don't think are devoted, are devoted. Because the Bible says God had to show Peter in a vision. You see this guy Cornelius? There's a guy, he's going to come to you and blah, blah, blah. He showed him this vision of all this food and he said, I can't eat that. And he said, what I have called clean, you don't dare call unclean. And when Cornelius came, Peter knew the Lord said, this is the man who I was telling you about. Because he, he knew that he could not or should not have fellowshiped with him because he wasn't on the same level. But because Peter had now lived a devoted life, he was able to change his culture. Change what he had been taught to obey God. 
And he was used to significantly alter the life of Cornelius and change a lot of things going on in, in Rome. So what am I saying to you? Is that sometimes devotion is going to require sacrifice from you. It's going to require change from you. It's going to require something different from you. You cannot be devoted to God and it not show somehow, somewhere. You can't be devoted to his life and don't serve. You can't be devoted to him and don't give. You can't be devoted to him and don't fellowship. Why? The Bible says in Acts 2 verse 4, And these things that we require you to be devoted to, the apostles' teaching, prayer, fellowship, he must decrease so I can increase. He must become greater and I must decrease. Acts 2.42 says that we must be devoted in four things, apostles' teaching, fellowship, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. If we are devoted, if we are the ones that are called out, we are the ones that are devoted, then we are committed to the, the teachings of, the Christ, of Christ. We don't pick and choose which teaching we want to obey. We obey with all of them. Do it doesn't mean we're going to walk perfectly. No, but it means that we should be devoted to walking it. We're going to be devoted to fellowship. You can't just pick and choose when you want to go to church. You can't pick and choose when you want to go to fellowship. No, we are supposed to be devoted in fellowship. If you're working, it's one thing, but you just, ah, it's just too cold today. You're on a fan level. Fans don't get nothing. They don't go on the jumbotron of life. They don't get to see, people don't get to see their success. They don't get to be held up and waved as a praise in the earth. Like Isaiah says, I will make you a praise in the earth. That don't come on the fan level. That comes on the devoted level. The more you go down, the more he raises us up. The humbler we are, the more promotion we get. The more we sacrifice, the more he gives. The more we serve, the more he elevates. That's the paradox of the Christian life. It doesn't come from give to get. It comes because I give, I give, I give. God will give back to me. Because I love, he loves me. Bible says he loved us even before. So here it is that this is the life that we're supposed to be living. Devotion requires my participation. Devotion begins as a choice, but it ends as a call in my life. I am called to do something. You know, we're here celebrating so many different things. Um, you know, in America, we, we look around and you see, we go fanatical at these games and we, we will fight somebody and beat somebody up for a team. Who will we stand up for, the, for Christ? You know, just in January the 27th, there was a woman that was just um, released in Iran out of prison 270 days. She and her husband and their entire church were in prison for 270 days for being Christians. Just released last month. Last year, eight little, um, um, two little girls in um, um, Pakistan were bombed in a church. Teenagers accepted Jesus. Devoted, and we're worried about our car payment. We're worried about buying the latest thing. We're worried about who thinks what about us. Devoted, that's baby stuff. The Bible says if we seek him first, all that stuff will be taken care of. You don't run after the stuff. The stuff will run after you. Run after him. Don't care about the stuff. Don't care about who cares about your stuff. Care about him who cares for you. Serve him who has saved you. Lead others to him who has led you. This is the life of the devoted one. Devotion begins internally, but it's always obvious externally. Devotion is a life that's, that lives only because it's willing to die. My question to us tonight or today is, 
Are we devoted? And to what degree are we devoted? Are we on a fan level? Are we just going to sit out there and, and just occasionally participate in the plan of God? Or are we, are we going to get to a devoted level where we say to live is Christ, to die is gain? God, bring it on. Bring it on. I can handle it. I can take the persecution. Do you know the end of Peter's life? He didn't think it was, it was right for him to die like Christ. So he, he was crucified upside down on a cross under Nero's reign. Do we think of Christ that much? That if we were to be called to account today, we could stand up boldly for him. If on our jobs, you know, imagine, imagine if all of us for real in just this, this room here was 100% devoted to Christ. Do you know they couldn't teach this junk that they're teaching in schools? Do you know that the laws of the lands would be in our hands? The Bible says when the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. Do you know if we were totally devoted, there is no way that some of this stuff could go on? Because we would stand up and make a stand and say, God, no, the line is here. Why is it that Christians, we can't say anything without being persecuted and it becomes something. But everybody can say something but us. What is up with that? We are the devoted we will not back down. We will not sidestep. We will not skirt the issue. We'll stand for Christ. We're bold. We're strong. We're courageous. We're always abounding in the faith. If we are not bold, our children won't have the courage to be bold in a culture that is anti-Christ. Are you and I willing to lay down our life? Give our best effort. Stop making excuses. Are we willing to move from fans to being faithful? You know, I had the honor uh, the other day, my brother and I, my dad was praying for the current president of Guyana. And he's a believer. And he's running for another term. And my dad called and said, hey, Che, you, you write the declaration. Sorry, you, you write the prayer. And I thought to myself, when the righteous are in charge, the people rejoice. Here's a man that is saying to his nation, pray for me. Last, when he was in, inaugurated the, um, for the first term, he publicly got prayed for and hands laid on him. That's being devoted. He doesn't care where he is. He's devoted to God. He's devoted to Christ. He's not wishy-washy. Not second guess. Guessing, you know. We wouldn't apologize for beliefs if we're, if we're devoted. Imagine businesses with integrity. Imagine how we could restore the name of Christian. They say, I'm a Christian business person. They go, oh, well, let me pick somebody else. Because we know you're going to try and get a discount. We know you, you, you're not going to try and pay the full way. No, no, no. That's not devoted. Devoted means maybe we make God look best at all times. Devoted means we are always at the top of our game because we want God to look good. Imagine if we were sold out and fanatical, unrelentless, unashamed of the gospel. I challenge us today. Where are you? Where? Where are we in our devotion? Are you and I devoted 100%? Are there areas of our life that we hold on and say, okay, I'll make the decisions on this. And you just handle this tough stuff, Lord. But I got, I got this part. We have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. And we got to grow beyond. We're ending this fast. But it's the beginning of a more devoted life.
things can be broken when you're devoted. Don't buckle under the pressure. You know, one of the things I used to love about uh, Marion when he was playing was they would always put him right at those, the line, like five yards or two yards, right when it counted. Right when it was a defining line between win or lose. Right when it was on the other side of this was glory and on this side is, is my faith test. And they would put him on the line. And they would count on him to push all those people off that line. And because I do know him, I was able to witness some of his disciplines. And I knew he was committed to football. I've seen him run and pray and train even when it's not needed to train. When you're off season, he never takes off season. He's never off his season. And I would watch and see all the preparation and devotion to that sport come to a moment, seconds, when it really counted. And with all his, his strength, and with all his might, and as small as he was, he would push those people. And I've seen him leap over people and flip backwards and stuff and get into the, the goal. He sacrificed. He was devoted when it counted. God is calling us. God is calling on us to say, this culture cannot do without us being devoted. Our kids cannot do without us being devoted. Our, our schools cannot survive. Our moral life cannot survive without us being devoted. It doesn't matter what happened on this side of the line. It doesn't matter what happened in the preparation. It matters right now. Are you going to take this life and live a fasted life after this? Or are we going to fast this one time a year? Are you going to live a life and fellowship after this? Or, oh no, God, I gave you the first part of my, my month. I came all of January. Or are you going to live a devoted and fasted and consecrated life? This is what God is calling us to do. So if you know, just bow your heads with me. If you know in your heart that you need to up your devotion. That God, today is that day. Today is the day I choose to be devoted. No more wishy-washy. No more compromising. No more second-guessing. No more staying behind the lines. No, I will push through. I won't give up. If that's you, just raise your hand real quickly and say, Pastor Sarah, I can be more devoted. I know for me, I can. I see your hands everywhere. Now, if you have never devoted your life to Jesus Christ, You know, as a matter of fact, go ahead and raise your hands again because we're going we're, we're, we're to do something incredible here. Just raise your hands if you are agreeing with me. If you have never devoted your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day to do that. Because when you live a devoted life, He's already shown how devoted He's to you by dying on the cross. There's nothing the Bible says that He will withhold from you if you walk upright. His promises for you are true and they're faithful. And even when we don't make the right decisions, the Bible says that he's still faithful when we're unfaithful. This is a good God that we serve. And we invite you to be devoted with us, to join the ranks of all these people here who have their arms up to be devoted. If that's you, raise your hand for me. I see your hand over here. I see your hand right there. I see your hand. 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 I see your hand.